Steppy. That's Remy. I'm Will Possum. You're listening to Plays Until Dawn on the Plays Broadcasting Network. As usual, I want to point you to our podcast of A Time Apart and Praise Until Dawn up at our website at pbnradio.com. That's PBN, Praise Broadcasting Network, pbnradio.com. And at the top of the page there, click on Podcast. You'll find both broadcasts up there. A Time Apart will have ATA colon in front of it want to welcome our Roku listeners. If you have Roku, great way to listen to Praise Until Dawn and Praise Broadcasting Network. Just search for, if, if you don't already know, just search for PBN or Praise Broadcasting Network. And I also want to say hello to all of our iWatch listeners, tablet, iPod, iPad listeners, Samsung, iPhone and other phone listeners, and of course our laptop and desktop listeners, and our iHeartRadio listeners. And I'm I'm sure I've left somebody out, but whatever platform you're using to listen, welcome. Those listening by Alexa, ask her to play PBN Classic on TuneIn. I actually use Alexa to monitor pbnradio.com. Great way to listen. Good sound on it. I also want to remind you about our pbnradio.com Facebook page as well as my personal site. Go to our pbnradio.com homepage at pbnradio.com and click on the little blue and white Facebook logo at the top. It has a a small letter F, which is white, with a, a circle of blue behind it that's facebook that will take you to our pbnradio.com facebook page for my personal page while you're at the pbnradio.com facebook page go up to the search bar and at the top enter pat rutherford 1232 pat rutherford 1232 
Do you remember why I told you that I worked overnight? Do you remember that? It's so quiet. There are no phones ringing. There are no text messages coming in, for the most part. There are no, I hate to say this because we love to see them, but no, no grandbabies coming in and no babies coming in. The house is quiet and I'm able to spend time with God in doing what I'm doing here for PBN. The, uh, <laughs> the grandbabies came over today bright and early. Uh, Mandy had to go to the to her doctor in uh, Raleigh-Durham, which is about an hour and a half away, roughly. Um, Jonathan had to had to take her, and of course, this is a school day for them, and because they're being homeschooled, Dad, would you mind if they came over and? You help them with their with their schoolwork, and um, you know when mom gets up, she can she can help. Sure, not not a problem, <sighs> because you always want to make it easier for your kids. While I <laughs> while I was trying to concentrate <clears throat> on my my study in God's word and and praying and all I was answering some questions and and all and I was going uh, maybe over maybe I I need to overnights and but then I start thinking no that never works that never works it, it's it's worse when you have to get up and and have to have to try to you know on two and three hours so no no <clears throat> so i am looking how to spend more time just as many as you are um as many of is that right? As many of you are doing the same thing. Sometimes my Texan gets in the way of regular English and mix up the words. <clears throat> I just, I've, I've got to spend more time. I've got to, not as, as a way of, well, this will get me in, in greater, you know, God will love me more for that. No, I want to be close to him. I want to read. I want to know. I want to understand. I've got to know more. I'm not knocking on the door. I'm pounding on it. God, I've got to have more. I love it when I hear the music playing and it just starts washing over my soul and it's like the Holy Spirit, our helper, touches my brain, ding, and just, just washes 
over me. I, 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 I literally feel his presence. Didn't used to have that. <clears throat> now it's something I treasure. And I want more of that. So the way to get it is not, oh God, give it to me, give it to me, oh God, give it to me. He's told you how to get it. Spend time with him. So if I want more, spend more time. So I've been looking for ways to, to get more time. <clears throat> I think maybe I've, I've found a way that I can squeeze more time in. But we'll see. It'll, it'll take practice in quit doing what is habit and start doing what I want to do. I've also been um, spending time with my Seventh-day Adventist brothers and sisters. That's where Claudia and I came from, fourth generation Adventist. And I, I have, I, I'm, I'm asking them questions that hopefully will get them to think that only an ex-Adventist would know. Talking about Claudia and myself. And you should have seen it. I, I posed two questions to them. Two. And you should have heard and seen the knives that came out. Very important questions to an Adventist. Very, very important. But to a, a casual observer who knows nothing about Adventism, eh, those are easy. But to a Seventh-day Adventist, they're earth-shattering. One was, please give me, you know, I was nice to him, and then I, I've just got a couple of questions I, I, I would like for you to answer. <coughs> Excuse me, allergies are bad. Um, and they only take, 60 seconds or less, you know, to answer. First, please give me a biblical reference that shows that those who lived before Moses, including all the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, Adam, uh, Eve, Methuselah, that they observed the Sabbath. Sabbath's a big thing to Seventh-day Adventist. Probably the biggest. Knowing how that they must answer, the only place that they can get proof that they're, well, for them, that they observed these people observed the Sabbath is from their prophetess. The second question, <clears throat> and if I can get that wedge in there so that they'll start thinking instead of just 
I want to use the word vomiting out, but that just, uh, that, that, that just, <laughs> Greg says, I don't want that picture in my mind. But they just belch out. Maybe, nah, maybe that's not as good as either, either. Just what they have learned and really don't know. But this has been preached to them. This is in the schools and their Sabbath school. This is what's been taught them. And it's truth. And we've got to get the truth out there. And so they just say it because it's what is supposed to be said by an Adventist in answering those things. The next one was, please read Daniel 8, 11 through 14. Again, a huge, uh, of, of the two most important passages in the entire Bible. First one on the Sabbath, second one on the sanctuary. This second one is probably the pivotal passage that was key in starting the journey towards Seventh-day Adventism. I said, read Daniel 8, 11 through 14, and tell me where it takes place. And I said, read as many ver verses as you want beforehand and as many verses as you want afterwards to, to get good context. Did it take place on earth? Or did it take place in heaven? And tell me why you answered the way you did. If they say earth, they've got to deny Ellen White. They're prophetess. They've got to say something's not right here. If they say heaven, I know where they're getting it from. Because that's the only place you can get it from. Because in the context of that passage, there is no way that can take place in heaven. So I'm trying to prayerfully minister to these people who have no clue how much Jesus loves them. I'm still trying to find out. And in what it means to practice. We never had practice back. We had to be good. Jesus covered our past sins. Now we have to be good in our works. We have to be good. Practice. That's what the helper is all about. They, they know nothing about the Holy Spirit and what he really does. These are precious people. Yet, so blinded by fear. So that's what I've been doing a lot of, ministering to these people, taking time away from other things that I'm supposed to do, but I just feel driven to do this. And it's an honor to do it. I've come to say today 
that in these days when we are killing ourselves trying to live, people still think that they can find peace of mind in pills. They try to eat their way to ecstasy, they try to drink their way to pleasure. They try to smoke their way to settled nerves. They try to puff their way to popularity and push their way to power. They try to bully their way to friendship and bum their way to world peace. But I've come today to say I know where a poor man has a chance. Where a sick man can get well where an ignorant man can become wise, a bad man can be made good, a good man can be made better, and even a dead man can be made alive. It's in Jesus Christ. We live unto the Lord, and when we die, we die unto the Lord. Yea, the great end for which Christ died and lived again, lived always, is that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Jesus Christ is Lord. Now this word Lord means having power or authority. The Great Commission is based on the claims of our Savior's Lordship. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Lord means ownership. His lordship is based on his ownership. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Now he didn't have to put a signature in the corner of a sunrise. He's the owner. He didn't have to put a laundry mark in the lapel of a meadow. He's the owner. He didn't have to carve his initials in the side of the mountain. He's the owner. He didn't have to put a brand on the cattle of a thousand hills. He's the owner. He didn't have to take out a copyright on the songs that he gives the birds to sing. He's the owner. Beyond the human level, the word Lord stands as a reverent allusion to God. Now the Orthodox Hebrew in Jesus' day is in our own. Would not even pronounce the sacred name. God, Jehovah, or Yahweh. Instead, when he read the sacred and incommunicable communicable name of God, he would simply say, the Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, 
is one Lord. Now Christians have applied this title to Christ in the latter usage. On either the human or divine level, the title Lord is a mark of respect and implied pledge of obedience. Once Simon Peter stood before a hostile crowd and said, God has made that same Christ whom ye've crucified, both Lord and Christ. Christ represents the thing that God has done to redeem us. Lord represents what we ought to do because we are redeemed. Now we ought to call him owner because he possesses absolutely our lives. In him we live and move and have our being. We ought to call him owner. We ought to call him father and be obedient sons and daughters. For he's our only hope and he's our only help. God is our refuge and our strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Therefore shall not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh walls to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder and burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted among the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Jesus is Lord because he came down the stairway of heaven, born in Bethlehem, hid in Egypt, brought up in Nazareth, baptized in Jordan, tempted in the wilderness. He performed miracles by the roadside. He healed multitudes without medicine and made no charges for his service. He conquered everything that came up against him. He took your sins and mine and went out on Calvary and there died. While hanging on that cross, Jesus said several things. But when the thief taunted him and said, If you be the Christ, come down from the cross and save yourself and us. To that taunt, Jesus never said a mumbling word. But the silence seemed to have said, You just wait until Sunday morning. And I'll show you, I'll show you, that it's better to come up out of a grave than it is to come down from a cross. And he dropped his head in the locks of his shoulder and he died. I mean, he really died. 
Don't pay any attention to a swoon theory. He died. Whoa, he... He died until the sun refused to shine. He died until the veil in the temple was rent in twain. He died until... Matthew says the dead got up out of the grave and walked the streets after the resurrection. He died. The centurion says, surely this must have been the son of God. I'm trying to say he died, but I don't like it. I, I, I don't like to. I don't like to stay there talking about he died. I, I like to rush on and say he was buried in Joseph's new tomb. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. Now that used to bother me. The one who holds the waters in the hollow of his hand and meets out the heavens with a span, comprehends the dust and weighs the mountains and the scale and a heel in the balance. The one who walked on the brow of nothing and with a gesture of his hands, worlds were formed. Scooped out the seas with the palm of his hand, dug deep the gorges, piled up the hills, and propped up the mountains by his will. The moon and stars lean on his arm, being buried in a borrowed tomb. Well, he wasn't going to stay there long, so a borrowed tomb. He just went down in that grave and stayed in the grave long enough to clean it out and make it a pleasant place to wait for the resurrection. And on schedule, he got up with every form of power in the orbit of his omnipotence. Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, men are thinking that maybe one of these days his power is going to fail. They're thinking that one of these days that somebody will wrestle his power from him. Some have in mind they're going to destroy his power. Well, brother, if you're going to destroy his power, what are you going to use for power? If you try to destroy him by fire, he'll refuse to burn. If you try to destroy him by water, he'll walk on the water. If you try to destroy him by strong wind, the tempest will lick his hand and lay down at his feet. If you try to destroy him by law, you'll find no fault in him. If you try to destroy him by seal of an empire, he'll break it. If you try to destroy him by putting him in a grave, he'll rise. If you try to destroy him by rejection or ignoring him, soon you'll hear a still small voice saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If a man will open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is the pearl from paradise. He's the gem from the glory land. He's truth's fairest jewel and he's time's choicest theme. He's life's strongest cord and he's life's clearest ray. He's purity's whitest peak. He's joy's deepest tide. 
His name stands as a synonym for free healing, friendly help, and full salvation. His blessed name is like honey to the taste. It's like harmony to the ear. It's like health to the soul. It's like hope to the heart. He's higher than the heavens of heavens, and he's holier than the holy of holies. In his birth is our significance. In his life is our example. In his cross is our redemption, and in his resurrection is our hope. At his birth, men came from the east, and at his death, men came from the west. And the east and the west met in him. Hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigned. And at his name, to his name, in his name, every knee is going to bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee, the young knee, every knee, the old knee, every knee, the white knee, every knee, the black knee, every knee, wounded knee, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, uh, many say, I've got a lot of living to do. I'll uh, accept him as Savior, and I'll acknowledge him as Lord, uh, but I've got a lot of living to do. You don't really live until you come to him who said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And then some I hear praying, Lord, when I must go somewhere and crawl up in a dying bed and learn how to die, brother, who told you you were going anywhere else? And who told you you were going to have the strength or the time to crawl up in a dying bed? And who told you you had to learn how to die? You learn how to live. And as you live, so you die. But I'm not going to wait because borderline salvation is better than being lost. But that's too dangerous to risk. That's the reason the prophet said, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And he will have mercy to our God for he will abundantly pardon. I'm not going to wait. I acknowledge him as my Lord now. The Lord is love. And his love is stronger than sin. It's deeper than sorrow and it's mightier than death. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my high tower. The Lord is my shield and my buckler. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, this old world is a wilderness of want. We're always wanting something. A man will break his health down trying to get well. And then he'll turn around spend his wealth trying to get his health back. <laughs> if it isn't one thing, it's another. From the rocking in the cradle to the folding in the grave, something is always running out. If your bank account gets low, then your blood pressure gets high. If you've got money, your health breaks down. If you've got a job, your eyesight gets dim. If you've got food on your table, your faith gets weak. If it's not your enemies bothering you, it's your so-called friends. If it's not your kinfolk mooching off of you, it's your church folk. And while you're building up over here, it's falling apart over there. But the Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. A little girl was asked to recite this verse and she said, The Lord is my shepherd and that's all I want. They said she's wrong. I said she's right. The Lord is my shepherd and that's all I want. I shall not want for rest, for he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I shall not want for refreshment, for he leadeth me beside the still waters. I shall not want for forgiveness, for he restoreth my soul. I shall not want for guidance, for he leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I shall not want for companionship, for yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. I shall not want for comfort, for thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I shall not want for sustenance or provision, for thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I shall not want for joy, for thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. I shall not want for anything in this life, for goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall not want for anything in the life to come, for I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I didn't say I'll camp a tent or tabernacle, but I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'll dwell in a land where we'll never grow old. I'll dwell out there where the silence of eternity is interpreted by love. I'll dwell in the sun-kissed regions of an unclouded day. Dwell in a city that hath foundation, whose building makers God dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus Christ is Lord.
is calm and all is bright everywhere but in your heart tonight they're singing carols of joy and peace 
You feel too far gone and too far out of reach. Somewhere in your silent night, heaven hears the song. Of peace won't go from manger low to Calvary's hill. When your pain runs deep, His love runs deeper still. He has always loved you, child, and He always will.
afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Come, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. How can this be, since I've been with no man? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power from the Most High will overshadow you. And the holy offspring should be called the Son of God. Teenage girl, much too young, unprepared for what's to come. A baby changes everything. Let me done to me, according to your word. Not
The noise and the bustle began earlier than usual in the village that morning. As night gave way to dawn, people were already on the streets. Vendors positioning themselves on corners. Store owners unlocking doors to their shops. Children awakened by the barking of street dogs and the complaints of cart-pulling donkeys. Imagine the breakfast table conversation between the innkeeper and his family that day. Do you suppose anyone mentioned the arrival of the young couple the night before? Did anyone comment on the pregnancy of the girl on the donkey? Perhaps. Perhaps someone raised the subject. But at best it was raised, not discussed. There was nothing that novel about them. They were, possibly, one of several families turned away that night. No, 
It is doubtful that anyone mentioned the couple's arrival or wondered about the condition of the girl. They were too busy. The day was upon them. The day's bread had to be made. The morning chores had to be done. There was too much to do to imagine that the impossible had occurred. God had entered the world as a baby. Remarkable. At this point in human history, the person who best understands what God is doing and who he is is a teenage girl in a smelly stable. She can't take her eyes off of him. Mary knows she is holding God. So this is he. She remembers the words of the angel. His kingdom will never end. But he looks anything like that of a king. His face is prunish and red. His cry, though strong and healthy, is still the helpless and piercing cry of a baby. And like all newborns, he is totally dependent on his mother for his well-being. What a moment. This baby had ruled over the universe. These rags keeping him warm were the robes of eternity. His golden throne room had been abandoned in favor of a dirty sheep pen. And worshiping angels had been replaced with kind but bewildered shepherds. Meanwhile, the city hums. The merchants are unaware that God has visited their planet. The innkeeper would never believe that he had just sent God into the cold. And the people would scoff at anyone who told them that the Messiah lay in the arms of a girl on the outskirts of their village. They were all too busy to consider the possibility. Those who missed His Majesty's arrival that night missed it not because of evil acts or malice. No, they missed it simply because they weren't looking. Let's not make the same mistake. Let's not miss the infant king. Incline your ear to the sounds of the royal stable. Cows munching, hooves crunching, a mother humming, a babe nursing. Turn your eyes toward the sight of God on earth, wearing the costliest of robes, a human body. Open your heart and let him be what he has come to be, a savior. It could have begun anywhere, this story of the king, but curiously, it all began in a manger. Peace on earth, good will to man. Oh. 
righteous rule that will not end. Oh, children, come, lay down on your bitterness, turn from sin's toil and distress, find His grace and perfect rest. Oh, children, come, hear the cry from Bethlehem. Oh, children, come, Son of God now born to man. Oh, children, come, bring your troubles, bring your fears, bring the needs that draw you near. Find the hope of all the years. Oh, children. Peace on earth, goodwill to man. Oh, children, come. Righteous rule that will not end. Oh, children, come. Lay down all your bitterness. Turn from sin's toil and distress. Find His grace and perfect rest. Oh, children. has walked oh children come where you see the hurt and lost oh children come show the mercy shown to you gifts of kindness to renew love from heart sincere and true oh children Oh, children, come. Oh, children,
God's only son. Sin never shepherds to welcome this baby. Why has me
and I want to wish a very Merry Christmas to my family in Tennessee and to my beautiful girlfriend in California. I miss you all, and I'll be home soon. My name is Specialist Brooke Frisk, and I'm in Baghdad, Iraq. I would like to wish all my family and friends in Georgia and Wisconsin a very Merry Christmas. I'm really going to miss spending the holiday. I'll see you guys real soon. Love you guys. Bye. I am dreaming tonight of a place I love. Even more than I usually do And although I know It's a long road back I promise you I'll be home
Where did he come from? He's the son of a carpenter, the chosen one. He's the hope of the ages, a gift of his love, just a child in a manger, God's only son. to Pat Rutherford and Praise Until Dawn here on the Praise Broadcasting Network. Pat and Claudia would love to hear from you. I'll give you the address in just a moment. Thank you for remembering that Praise Broadcasting Network is listener supported. Your donations help keep PBN on the air for listeners just like you all over the world. Donations are tax deductible in the United States and appreciated from around the world. Our address is Praise Broadcasting Network, P.O. Box 2468, Asheboro, North Carolina, 27204. You can also visit our website at www.pbnradio.com. Pat and Claudia love reading your email. You may send it to mail at pbnradio.com or call them at 336-626-PRAY. That's 336-626-7729. You're listening to Praise Until Dawn, coast to coast and around the world, here on the Praise Broadcasting Network.